With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today at LanceByChance.com or on Amazon. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest today is Sheldon Goldberg from the New England Championship Wrestling Promotion. How you doing today, Sheldon? I'm good, Vinny. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I enjoyed talking to you a little bit earlier today, and we were talking about your promotion. I'd like for you to uh, tell the, the fans that may not be familiar with you, uh, your promotion, how long you've been in business, and some of the people who've come through your, your door. All right. Well, uh, New England Championship Wrestling was started by me in 2000. Uh, we operate in the Boston and New England area, and uh, everyone has wrestled for us over the years from John Cena, Kofi Kingston, uh, Doug Williams, Sumi Sakai. Um, we uh, gave Sasha Banks, the future Sasha Banks, her first professional match. Uh, Eddie Edwards was a star for us. Uh, Ivar, the Viking Raiders, back when he was referred to as Handsome Johnny, uh, Bobby Fish, and many, many others. So uh, we've had a, 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 a fortunate enough to have a, a great history with uh, talent. Yeah, when you think about some of the people that, that have come through your promotion, it's got to be mind-blowing, right, to think about. It know, really is. I, You know, I, I say that not in any egotistical way. I say it with, with the uh, – kind of pinching myself over how fortunate we've been over the years. Sheldon, go ahead and talk to me about what you guys have been doing since COVID hit. Uh, well, you know, we have not been doing anything in the terms of live events because it's not allowed in the state of Massachusetts. We're waiting for the state to reopen. I don't think that's really going to happen probably until the fall. But in the meantime, what we've been doing is we've been going back into our archives you know, we've got 20 years of footage that we have been repurposing and uh, posting on YouTube and 
we're currently working on a, a streaming deal, but uh, right now um, we produced a 20th anniversary collection, which is available on YouTube for free. It's 20 matches that sum up 20 years of New England Championship Wrestling. A lot of the stars who uh, we've been fortunate enough to have in our company over the years, some of our greatest matches. It's a great combination of, of stars before they became famous. There are 17 of them, 17 stars before they became famous in that series. And the locals who are, you know, stars for us here locally. So uh, it's an interesting collection. You can find it on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is NECW Wrestling. And uh, look for NECW 20th Anniversary Collection. And you'll find it. It's a playlist. So 20 matches. It's sum up 20 years, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. You know, we we also talked a little earlier about some legend wrestlers, and one of the names that came up was Killer Kowalski. You know, for, for those who may be too young to know Killer Kowalski, can you share about him? And uh, Yeah. Uh, uh, Kowalski was, of course, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, probably one of the top villains in the history of pro wrestling a guy whose name was literally synonymous with pro wrestling just one of those names and uh, Kowalski at the end of his career in the 70s settled in the Boston area and opened up a wrestling school he had one of the first schools that was publicly known about generally speaking you know um if you wanted to get into wrestling, you either had to know somebody or uh, you were recruited into the business or your family was involved in the business. Kowalski was one of the first people that had a wrestling school that was widely publicized. And, uh, and it was located here in the Boston area. And he had many, many students over the years and just was a – you know, for a guy that was called Killer is one of the nicest men who ever lived. A really kind, generous man. And uh, I think all the people who, who, you know, he trained and who worked for him over the years were the better for it. What do you, what do you think it was about his style or what was it about, uh, I guess, his personality or demeanor that, you know, he brought to the, the ring or the sport that, that kind of made the magic for him. He was a bigger-than-life guy. I mean, you know, the guy was like, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, you know, he was a bigger-than-life individual. He just had big features, you know, big hands, big head. Um, but he was just a nice, nice man. You know, it, it, it's hard to, to say in, in words, you know, why, you know, he was like that. But, you know, he, you know I guess – you know, it, it, there's a trait to um, guys who are heels. They get all their aggressions out, you know, in the ring and outside of it. They're the nicest people in the world. Do you have any fond memories of of watching him wrestle or anything? That oh yeah, out in yeah. When I was a you know a kid as a fan, you know, I hated him. <laughs> I was not a fan of Killer Kowalski. Bruno San Martino was my guy. And um, yeah. but 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 isn't that you know like uh, when I think back to like guys like Jim Cornette couldn't stand right. watching them in world class right right but now now that I'm older and you know uh, I just I, I just think back of wow what a what an 
awesome body of work that guy did. Oh, yeah. You know, wow, what did he – look what he did for professional wrestling. You know, he's not not everybody's favorite, right? He's, he's kind of acquired taste, but golly, right. does he know what he's doing. Oh, yeah, and just a, one of the greatest guys ever. Sure. You know, a real a real historian, a real uh, a guy who uh, lives, eats, sleeps, and breathes, uh, you know, pro wrestling. Sure. When you when you were uh, growing up in the Northeast area, was that your was that your main staple World World Wrestling Federation? Well, yeah, that that's what was here. You know, that's what we went to see every month. At the old Boston Garden or the Boston Arena or whatever. Obviously, you've seen kind of like an evolution of wrestling over the years, right? Right. What do you think the biggest difference is? Um, there's a lot of differences. Uh, the style is different. Um, the the media of it is different. Um, you know, when I started watching wrestling in the '60s, there was like three channels. On our TV, you know, there was no cable. There wasn't even UHF when I started watching TV. So, you know, the world has definitely changed. Now you got nothing but TV. There's hundreds and hundreds of channels, and uh, nothing on, as the saying goes. So, right. you know, um, the whole world has changed. The way information is processed has changed. The way people consume entertainment has changed. People's lifestyles have changed. And because of that, do you think that wrestling is perceived different, or you definitely can get it differently, right? When I was growing up, you know, kayfabe was still a thing, you know. Um, no one came out and said, oh, wrestling's bullshit, you know. You know, right. wrestling's a bunch of baloney, so nobody right. said that. There, there were people, you know, some of the guys who wrestled back in the 60s and 70s, they were some of the greatest athletes in sports. I mean, if you were – an Olympian, and your your amateur athletic career was over, where would you go? Many right. of those guys got into pro wrestling. If you were a pro football player, you made next to nothing as a pro football player. The, the late Ernie Ladd, I had a chance to meet him years ago, and he told me that his career in football was nothing compared to his career in wrestling. He made far more money as a pro wrestler than he ever made as a football player. You know, if you were a pro football player in the 60s, you were lucky if you made, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 in a year. You know, he made many times that as a pro wrestler. So, you know, back in those days, you know, pro wrestling was, you know, you could earn quite a bit of money in the sport. So, uh, so it was a, a different set of times before uh, Major League Sports expansion and TV rights exploded and so forth. So the economics of pro sports changed and wrestling sort of regressed instead of progressed. I mean, today, a lot of the guys today make more money than the guys back in the day. But if you adjust it for inflation, you know, it comes out fairly the same. Sure. Except the top, sure. top guys. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, that's very interesting. It's very interesting when you break it down like that. Too is that pro wrestling today, they have lots more avenues to make money. Merchandising is a thing, video sure. games, so on and so forth. That that didn't exist in the '60s. Right. I guess one of the biggest things that maybe they did have was like autograph signing, right? Maybe. Well, you didn't see a lot of that. 
You know, wrestling was so kayfabe, you never – heels never signed autographs unless you ran into the guy on the street and he felt like signing your autograph. But, you know, you, right. you didn't have organized autograph signings. You know, sports card shows, they didn't exist back in the 60s and 70s. It didn't happen at all. Sure. So all these things are recent conventions that have changed the business in many respects in a positive light. I'm sure some of the wrestlers today are, are doing a lot better. I'm sure there's some people on the independent scene that are living quite well and don't, you know, don't have the need or desire to work for WWE or any other big organization. Yeah. But there's, there's got to be uh, a probably smaller percentage of wrestlers that are doing well, though, like mm-hmm. that on the independent scene. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a circuit today on the independents that, you know, guys can make a, a, a decent living. You know, they may not be getting rich, but some of them make a decent living. Well, you know, when the territory system kind of died, uh, all these independent promotions came up. But that's kind of like today's territory system, right? Well, you know, you have to understand that when the territory system died, it was replaced by a bunch of part-time companies, not full-time companies. Territories were full-time circuits. You know, a wrestling territory was a full-time circuit. Yeah, and so the independent promotions still really haven't gone full-time. No, I mean, very few of them, very few of them run what could be considered a full-time schedule. Most of them run you know, once or twice a month. You're lucky if you find a company that runs weekly, but that that's the exception rather than the rule. Tell the fans one more time where we can find uh, uh, you and, and your product and uh, what we can see from you near the end of the year. All right. Well, um, you can follow us on, on the web at NECW.TV. We're on Facebook at NECW Wrestling. Our YouTube channel is NECW Wrestling, and we're on Twitter at, at NECW. So follow us in any of those places, and you'll be up to date with what we're doing. We have a podcast that's all about our 20th anniversary called the Regeneration Podcast. And uh, check that out. That's on our YouTube channel. All right. And, sounds uh, good. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, Sheldon, thank you for coming on. And, uh, yes, uh, I will uh, be in touch with you, and I I look forward to talking to you again. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. You take care now. All right. You too. You're listening to the WrestleVille Podcast, where wrestling lives. Do you remember Lance Von Erich from World Class Championship Wrestling? Read all about his career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas In his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich, you'll read passages by Dusty Wolf, David Manning, and Kevin Von Erich. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised by what you read. Get your book at LanceByChance.com or on Amazon.